When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on, baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place, sweet home. Bang, bang, the boys are back. We are ready to recap and review. The last game and the upcoming game, Bears are about to do Thursday night back-to-back. Uh, we'll start with this. They beat the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, game that got a little dicey, got a little scary, but you come out with the win and you are still officially, technically, however you want to put it, in the hunt for the playoffs, especially after the Vikings lose to the Seahawks last night on Monday Night Football. So... Let's talk about this Lions game, though. Things we liked, things we didn't like, and, of course, Mitch Trubisky. But, guys, first off, what are your initial thoughts? We'll start with Kevin Lapka. Obviously, I'm Jake Hassan. Chris Nano's also here. You guys know the drill. Yeah, look, I'm in a great mood. I know you guys are, too. The Bears are officially back. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're officially back. Get a little bit of help from the, the Seahawks taking down the Vikings last night. And I think that's what we saw on Thanksgiving. I had to get a nice Thanksgiving in there. I got to eat some nice food because my mind was eased because the Bears got a nice win. And Mitch Trubisky looked good. 338 yards, three touchdowns. Give it give it to me, baby. Come on. He had a great game. He looked he looked great. And, and look, the clutch factor comes up again from Mitch Trubisky. One thing you want to defend about Mitch Trubisky throughout his career, even this year at times, he comes through in the clutch he proved it again again Jake mentioned it right you know tough you know it got scary David Blau and we'll get into that all that mess but in the end Mitch Trubisky uh on the road national tv on short rest he comes out and has an absolute great game leads the team down the field for the win so that for me is the main storyline Mitch Trubisky I think is rising his momentum is going and with that so is the Bears and and they're ready to go in Dallas it, biggest game of the year so far, and I'm just excited that the Bears are playing a meaningful game in December. I know Chris feels the same way. Oh yeah, yeah. Me and uh, me and Kevin were having a little chat uh, before this, and uh, I mean, we we talked about Mitch. You know, we we talked about Mitch needing to play well, and I think he looks he looks like how he looked last year. I think he's doing his job, and I mean, we talked. We've been talking about it all year. You know, we we didn't we didn't really need him to do anything crazy. Just be yourself, play to your strengths. Um, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. He did that, and, and you know, we won the game. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't pretty. It definitely wasn't pretty. But, you know, in this league, we talk about it all the time. It's there's You don't get style points. So, um, at this point, a win is a win, and uh, we, we keep moving. Yeah, wins are the most important thing that you are trying to pile up. It doesn't matter, you know, how you got there. And, you know, really, obviously, it happened – matters what happened in the game but you still care more about the end result that's always been the thing for this season and now you're finally starting to get back to those winning ways you're starting to put together some good football and honestly even you know I I say it doesn't really matter how you get there but the Bears are still getting there it's looking better it's starting to look like things are coming together 
and now we're into December, which last year was Mitch Trubisky's best month against some similar contenders. You know, we had those Vikings game. Uh, and so maybe not as, uh, as big as, you know, the Chiefs or, you know, the Packers look really good. You hate to say it, but they look awesome. And so here you are and you're maybe expecting to see a little bit of progression. But it does look like the offense is coming together. And I say that because, guys, a tight end finally did some stuff. <laughs> finally happened. We got tight ends catching touchdowns, making plays. And, you know, it, we saw what happened. It, it, it makes things just run more smoothly when there's a tight end involved, right? Absolutely. And, you know, first it was Ben Broniker. We thought he was uh, the next big guy. And now it's Jesper Horstead. I'm all aboard the Jesper Horstead train. But look, I mean, look what happens when you just get a guy who can make a play. I mean, that's all you're looking for is a guy who can make a play in a crucial situation. And Jesper Horstead did just that. I mean, that was an exceptional catch with the defender draped all over him in a crucial moment where the Bears needed a touchdown uh, to go ahead um, or to get some momentum there in the second half. So, Absolutely, you absolutely love to see the fact that there's a guy who's able to make plays. And, you know, even Ben Barker, he's been able to make plays. So if you can just get that type of production out of your tight end, I don't care if it's Ben Broniker or Horstead, as long as these guys are out there making plays for Mitch Trubisky when they need to. I mean, it was a hell of a throw from Mitch, but, you know, the most important thing, it was the execution. Uh, there was not a drop. It was Jesper Horstead coming down with the football. So I think you might see increased role for Jesper Horstead and, and see what he can do with those really strong hands that he has. But, you know, Jake said it. He said that the offense, you know, it, it's just amazing how much better it can look and how much easier it looks when you have a tight end who can function well. And now they have a few tight ends who can do different things, right? J.P. Holtz is never going to of football, but he's so valuable uh, in, in run blocking and in pass blocking even sometimes. And then you got Jesper Horstead, this guy who looks like he can be a really good red zone target. And when Ben Broniker comes back, a guy who, again, has pretty strong hands uh, can also be another deep red zone target as well. So uh, absolutely love to see it. Love to see the tight ends uh, executing and making plays for our quarterback. Yeah, 100 percent. You know, it's just one of those things where at this point it doesn't really matter, you know, which tight end is stepping up. We kind of just needed someone to step up. So um, if it's Jesper Horstead, great. If it's Ben Bronecker, great. You know, I, I and I think you guys would agree like it, it at this point, it really doesn't matter. We just need some solid production. Um, you know, we're not asking for for Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz type production. Um, but, you know, just just to help us get uh, get by, just to help this offense run more smoothly, like we were talking about, Jake. So, um, I mean, great performance by Jesper Horstead. That was a tremendous catch, tremendous throw by Mitch. Um, hopefully they can build off this. I think they can. And I think this is it too far to say that this was the Bears offense best game of the season. You know, I, I think this was I think this was the most complete wire start to finish, most yep. complete and best offensive game of the season. Right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, in in my opinion, you know, I don't think they looked great necessarily, um, but, you know, it, it was definitely the most consistent, you know, they've looked from from start to finish, like exactly like you said. So um, I'll, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy with what I saw. Yeah, I think the main thing is they played pretty much complete football on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, most of the time throughout the year, it's either production from neither, a little bit of production from Mitch, or a little bit of production from Dave Montgomery. Uh, but in this game, although it was only 16 carries, 75 yards, that's a pretty good uh, yard per carry average there for Dave Montgomery. But you could just tell, I mean, this guy was running with authority, and he was continuing drives and getting them valuable yards on first and second down. So that was another huge takeaway from the offense, was the fact that when they can get the running game going a little bit, how that offense just 
is able to move down the field easier. And so they're not in those third and eight, third and nine type situations because that's how they keep getting into those situations. You only get two yards on, on first down and then maybe you, you get an incomplete pass on second down and all of a sudden you're looking like you're going to enter another three and out, which has been so, so common for the Bears this year. So I really love to see the fact that Dave Montgomery was not just getting yards himself, but the offensive line was making some really good holes for him. He was hitting the right holes. His vision looked great. Uh, so hopefully that's something that can continue is Dave Montgomery getting big time yardage on first and second down. I think, Kevin, to your point about David Montgomery, because that's what I was going to bring up, 16 carries or 75 yards doesn't pop off the screen, but a 4.7 yards per carry, that's what you like to see. That's what my big sticking point is because, you know, he hasn't had a lot of room to run this year, and, you know, when he hasn't, then we see those one-yard-per-carry games or nothing really gets going held under 50 yards, stuff like that. But we've seen that when the offensive line and the running game is working, that's when things start to really click. And I think that's a huge point. And, you know, if you want to take away from, you know, David Montgomery's longest run was 14 yards, but all right. So then he had uh, 15 for 61. That's still a four yards per carry. So you're still taking that. He still had room to run. That's what I think really sticks out to me personally, because that look what happened in the past game. Yeah. Mitch had that one interception, but it wasn't a terrible one. I, I don't think you're, it, it wasn't just a clear, like ones that we've seen before miscommunication with the receiver or, you know, someone gets shoved off and it tips right in their hands, stuff like that. It, it was nothing that makes you want to rip your hair out. And then over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I think this was a really good game and you see what happens when you have an effective run game and how that opens up everything else. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it, it was beautiful to see, you know, it was the most efficient game uh, Montgomery has had, you know, and, and that's that's simply what happens when the offensive line is creating holes. I mean, it, it's just it's been frustrating because we know the type of talent that that Montgomery possess, possesses. Um, you know, we, we've seen it. We've been talking about it all year. We know this guy is a good running back. He's a great football player. And it's just it's just a matter of if the offensive line can open up holes. So. Um, hopefully they can build off this. That's the biggest thing. I mean, um, you know, I, I th the biggest thing for me is just that I hope this is not a flash in the pan type thing. I, I just hope they can, you know, continue to do this. And, and you know, if we're able to run the ball, this offense will move. Um, and I'm not saying we're going to be a top five offense or anything like that, but this offense will move enough um, to get us where we want to get. And let me tell you why it's not just a flash and why it's not just one of those things where, oh, we see it once, we're not going to see it again. The reason why I think we're going to start seeing this again and why this is going to keep progressing is because of Mitchell Trubisky's constant confidence rather on Thursday. I mean, look at those the two plays that everyone's going to think about and the ones that you should be thinking about are those two third down plays. Yeah, third and five, two situations. And for him to air it out 30-plus yards to Anthony Miller, a guy who he, who he struggled with throughout the year, uh, having confidence with. I mean, you, you absolutely love to see the fact that on third and five, you know, usually throughout this year, you'd see Mitchell Trubisky probably, you know, get flustered, maybe take a little check down, right? But the fact that he has the confidence in a situation like that, in a crucial game like this, to say, you know what, I'm going to trust my arm and I'm going to trust my receiver and go take a shot on third down, not once, but twice, is huge for Mitchell Trubisky's mental confidence. It's huge for the team. And, and I think there's reasons to see that this offense is going to 
progress going forward. And Matt Nagy brings it up in the press conference all the time is, is, you know, these past four games, really, Mitch Trubisky has seen progression. And this was the biggest, biggest jump. And now he has a real opportunity to gain momentum. And then even in two weeks, you could be talking about the fact that Mitch Trubisky will be the starting quarterback for the Bears in 2020 if he continues this progression. And the confidence is there. And with confidence from Mitch Trubisky comes confidence from the offense. And it, it rubs off on the entire team. So that right there, the confidence that I saw from him and the confidence in his arm and his receivers making plays is why I think this offense actually can start hitting its stride at exactly the right time. You talk about peaking and 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 hitting your stride at the at the right time. You want that to be later in the season anyway. You look at the Cowboys, right? The team that we play this Thursday. That's a team that maybe peaked, you know, four to five weeks ago. But now they're kind of on the decline. So it, right now the Bears are, are looking like they're on the incline and the, the Cowboys are on the decline. Um, so I just, you know, I'm, I'm happy from what I saw from that offense. And I think there's reason to believe progression will continue. I think it does too. And so I want to give, you know, we're talking about Mitch and how is, he had a good game. So I want to give Chris Nano the floor to talk about his guy who we wanted to <laughs> highlight uh, and last week. And it happened. Javon Wims, five catches for 56 yards, including a long one of 19 and six targets brought in five of them. Chris, it is your time to go off. Yep. I mean, look, I just want to start off by you know, I, I tweet this every time he makes the first catch of the game and it's Javon Wims Hive. You guys know, um, you know, this guy, we talk, we've talked about it for so long and I'm, I'm just happy he's finally getting a chance to show how good he is. Um, you know, I, I think I honestly truly believe at this point that he's the second best squad receiver on this team. I think he I mean, this should be, you know, the, the starting point of something great. I, I definitely think that, you know, he's going to be playing more. And he's just he's just a talented receiver. I think that's all that it boils down to. Um, and, you know, if if Anthony Miller can start, you know, getting it going, I think a three headed monster of whims, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller could be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And we were honestly, we were bashing Anthony Miller, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, a little bit for some of the mistakes that he was making on the field and whatnot. Um, but I think the most important thing, the reason why we were hating on him so much was they're just, he seemed frustrated and there wasn't confidence between him and Mitch Trubisky. And, and we said, okay, that's, that's an issue. There's something going on with them too. Uh, they, they don't have a connection right now. It's only like the Allen Robinson and Mitch connection. There's no Anthony Miller to Mitch connection, but now that connection is there and it's only going to get better from here again i'll mention those two plays the confidence from from uh trubisky to, to trust anthony miller on two extremely crucial plays you love to see it uh and i think that connection is going to grow and, and i apologize for saying what i said about anthony miller i almost even said uh they might trade him at the trade deadline that is completely out of the question the guy has played fantastic football he played again fantastic against the Detroit lions we love you anthony let's keep working because we're going to need him against the the dallas cowboys yeah, I want to talk about the other receivers, though, with that, because, you know, Anthony Miller, we talked about him last week, you know, trades potentially and having a reduced role. Um, he responded. He must have mm -hmm. either heard us and at this, <laughs> or he felt the he felt that pressure from Javon Wims being more of a presence because he yeah. just came out and went absolutely bananas for nine catches, 140 yards, somehow didn't have a touchdown, but had a long catch of 35 yards. Um, he looked great. He looked him and Nagy high-fived uh, at the end of the game. You love to see Favorite that. Favorite gif on the internet. Favorite yes, one. That, I love it. That one is making the rounds right now. But I think, and obviously we can get the, more into this in the offseason, but I think if Javon Wims continues to play like this, the writing will be on the wall for Taylor Gabriel more than anything. But 
Uh, we could talk about that in the future. But Anthony Miller, th- this is the thing that frustrates you with him, though, right? Because he does performances like this right after following a bad performance like last week. But where was this? I mean, you not even like this. 80% of this you take throughout the rest yeah. of the season. I mean, why did it have to come to this? But, I mean, if he could keep that going and become a reliable number two behind Allen Robinson, I mean, you have to look out. That's that's putting the like everyone else is on notice then. That would be a great duo. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, let me ask you guys something. Are we are we really surprised that he did it? Because I'm I, I'm not. I, I'm just more, like you said, frustrated that this couldn't have, have happened earlier. So, I mean, it's just, we, we've been talking about this with so many of our offensive players. I mean, we know the type of talent these guys have. It's just about execution and putting it all together. And, you know, the, it, it just has to be consistent from here until the rest, until the end of the season. I think that's, that's all it boils down to. Um, you know, this is this offense does not have bad football players. I mean, it, from top to bottom, this is a, a very solid offense. And it's just really just comes down to execution, in my opinion. So I, I just want to ask you guys, like, are you are you surprised that he did what he did? No, I'm not. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I don't think everyone's really surprised because this is what Chris always says. And, and what we know is that this guy has the raw talent. It's so evident, even when he's not having uh, burst games like that. You can just see in the route running uh, and him going up there and catching the football that he has it there. It was just he was making, you know, dumb little mental errors that sometimes second year players make. And that's it. And, uh, you know, we all overreacted to it a little bit, rightfully so, as we've done to pretty much everything the whole year. But now you can really truly see see who Anthony Miller is a receiver once he can eliminate those mental errors and play to his full potential and, and he's spectacular when he does so no I'm not surprised I think we all know that this guy had it in him but uh, to, to go off what Chris said it's all about consistency and and through these next four games it's got to stay consistent he's got to stay a presence and stay a threat uh, so other teams have to put him on notice I like it I think and you're right this is putting people on notice it's just I'm to answer your question, Chris. No, I'm not surprised at all. I'm in the same boat as you, where we knew he had the talent, and it was just frustrating because, again, to reiterate my original point, why couldn't he be doing this all year? Why did it have to come to really a public shaming on Twitter? And like, in you know, Taylor Gabriel being out and Javon Wims being more of a presence there, yada yada yada, everything we've already said. But you know, this he has that top end talent, man, and so if he can unlock that. Again, like Kevin said, like I said, you know, watch out because that is really going to be something. Um, so do we all feel better about Mitch that he's still continuing now? Kind of the same thing. It shouldn't have had to come to everyone calling for his job and, you know, that Rams game. But he's made at least a small step in every single game since then. And in this case, a big step, really, because he had a, a running game and room to breathe. But are we feeling a little bit better about Mitch right now than we did four weeks ago i would want to hear the argument to the no side of this question because i don't think there's any way anybody any bears fan can say no to this i mean look the offensive line has been a little bit better um i think that was probably the biggest the biggest issue other than obviously i mean we led the league in drops i still think we do if i'm not mistaken um but you know it's just the it was never only on Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. I think we all know that. It, it's just, it was just the entire offense was just lacking. And now that everybody's stepping up and and you know playing better as a unit, look look how our QB looks. You know, it's just that that's the most frustrating thing is you know it, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have taken this long. But 
you know, I mean, all we can do at this point is just hope it, it continues. I mean, I think it will, uh, like Kevin said. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all, all aboard the, the mid train again. I, I think, you know, people, people were calling for, you know, Cam Newton and whatnot. And don't get me wrong, I still think, you know, Mitch isn't necessarily a great quarterback but this is you know he's doing exactly what we wanted him to do what we needed him to do and you know as long as he continues that I think I think we're going to be all right absolutely what Chris just said I think we're going to be all right that's exactly the case I mean if he keeps playing this way and keeps this confidence I mean there's no reason for me not to believe he'll be back with the Bears and be a viable quarterback in 2020 and even for the the rest of these four games if we're going to keep focusing on 2019 I mean Again, it, it's still all mental with this guy. It's still all mental. And when you see the confidence and you see the connection with him and Matt Nagy, it's a beautiful thing. And and he's able to, to grow and he's able to capitalize on that. And again, the perfect example that was against Detroit. So I'm, I'm, I'm loving where he's at right now. Absolutely loving it. And I would love to, to see nothing more than him prove all of the haters wrong. We already got a post from CBS comparing him to Tom Brady. So we're one step along the, the Mitch's back train. Um, so, you know, I'm all in on him right now, and you have to be because for these next four games, you got tough opponents, and you're really going to have to have Mitch Trubisky have success if the Bears want to make the playoffs here uh, and sneak in at 10-6. and six. So all aboard. Let's go, Mitch, uh, and, and hopefully it continues like Chris mentioned. Let's go. Yeah, I, I will say that I don't think Mitch I'm – I'm still in the same – like I don't think Mitch will ever be the one that carries you to a championship and is the sole reason that you win a championship – but I think he can get you there, and I think he can help you win one enough. I, mm-hmm. I think he's good enough to help you get to that final goal. He's not going to go bananas in a game and take over unless it's like Tampa Bay, you know, a bad team like that last year, or Washington, the beginning of that game. But, you know, he's good enough to get you to that to point A to point B, point B being a championship game, Super Bowl, so on and so forth. Um, I do th- still think there's going to be something of a competition, somewhat of a – a, a, a like a what is the word I'm looking for <laughs> like a review of sorts yeah. of the quarterback yeah. position and you know an intake of you know taking notes on all right what do we have what is he what is the progression is there a better option or should we just keep rolling with this um you know and, and a lot of that hinges on if Cam Newton becomes available because um, I think <laughs> we all we all believe that Mitch is better than like Joe Flacco. So, oh, of course. <laughs> this episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Talk about the defense really quick. Nick Kwiatkowski, man, he, this guy is awesome. This guy wants a contract extension. He is looking, he is, I mean, he's just earning himself big money every single week. Uh, had that near interception, had, uh, you know, a sack, that big play at the end, the two big plays, really the back-to-back uh, to essentially end the game and to end the game. And Nick Kwiatkowski, I mean, we can't say enough about this guy. I can't say enough about this guy. He's awesome. Yep, has filled yeah. in tremendously well. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's I, – I honestly feel bad uh, because of what we said before the season, and I know you guys know what, <laughs> what I'm referring to. Um, but, you know, it, it's 
we weren't even sure this guy was going to be on the roster. I mean, it, we, we were talking about it as if, you know, he was a cut candidate and, you know, he stepped up insanely well. Um, I mean, I you probably could not get better production from from any other backup in, in the league to, to, you know, fill in for um, Danny Trevathan. I, I truly believe, you know, this is this is the best we can get from a backup. He, he's playing out of his mind. Um, so, you know, shout out to, to Nick Kwiatkowski, man. He's been he's been phenomenal. Again, you know, it's I think it's interesting because even in the we had reasons to believe that he would potentially not make the roster. But the main reason that we said that was because of his play on past defense. Right. And he wasn't very quick in past defense. And we liked Iggy because of his value in that area. But now, I mean, this guy is a guy who's all over the field. You mentioned the fact that he almost had that game winning interception, uh, that game ceiling interception. He, he's done that in the past. He's had a pick already this year. So I think it's really important that, you know, the one place where we thought he's a liability turns out to actually be a strength for Nick Kwiatkowski and for the team so uh again can't say enough about him kudos to Nick and and I know he's a guy who's going to keep working hard and keep making plays for us going forward another guy that has stepped up is standing right next to Nick Kwiatkowski Roquan Smith 15 total tackles oh my of those solo two QB hits two sacks two tackles for a loss Roquan Smith is transforming into a star right before our before our eyes guys yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we talked about it. You know, we we fully expected Roquan to be this good. So I'm sure neither, you know, all three of us, you know, are, are we expected this. Um, and you know, I wanted to ask you guys because I was talking about this with my buddies after that that game on Thanksgiving. Is it? I mean, is it safe to say that he's been our best defensive player this year? Oh no, no, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. I think. I, I mean. This guy, you know, I was doing the Pro vote, Pro Bowl vote yesterday, and I don't, I don't see how he doesn't make the Pro Bowl. I mean, the way he has played these past few weeks, to me, he should be a lock uh, for a Pro Bowler. He's, I think, he's only the third player in NFL history to record uh, 15 plus tackles and a sack in the same game or something, something crazy like that. Uh, I mean, he, he, he's playing record-breaking football right now. So, uh, again, it's just so valuable to the defense. So, I, I no, not crazy. I mean, I, I would go out on a limb and say this guy's been our best defensive player of the year yeah i have to agree with that he's been awesome just absolutely fantastic um khalil mack another quiet game just two tackles both of them solo but i think you know you saw him around the ball around the quarterback a lot um he was there i think he was making impact um you know i think just because he doesn't show up and isn't showing as much and the box score, I don't think that means he isn't having an impact. I just think, I still think he's impacting the game, just not something you can see by going to the box score. I still think he's commanding a lot of attention, and I still think that, and that allows guys like Roquan Smith to make two sacks. And, you know, that creates opportunities for other guys, I think, to me, anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. The thing with Khalil Mack is even when he's not, you know, picking up sacks, just just having him on the defense is huge because, like you said, I mean, there's so much attention on him, um, you know, week in and week out. And then, like you said, I mean, other guys are able to step up. I think Leonard Floyd has been a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I wasn't overly impressed with with him against Detroit, but, you know, he, he's doing his job. And, I mean, there, there's no one to replace him at this point, so we're just going to keep hoping that uh, that he keeps playing well for the rest of this season at least. Um, and then beyond that, we can we can have the conversation of, you know, if we bring him back or not. But, you know, it, it's just guys, guy, other guys are stepping up. 
And, um, you know, that that's what we needed. You know, when when a, when a guy like Khalil Mack is struggling, you definitely need um, your other guys to, to rally around him. So, um, you know, I, I think the defense overall is just, you know, they, they've they've just been so phenomenal this year. I, I, I don't really have too much more to say about about the defense as a whole. And Khalil Mack is going to, you know, keep being Khalil Mack. He's going to find ways to to produce. So I'm not I'm still not worried about a guy like Khalil Mack. No. Had a hell of a game with pressures and again after David Blau, LA didn't really put him down. Again, it's the pressure that matters. And look, he's gonna get some help going forwards because our man Zakeem Hicks is back at practice. Let's go. So if the Bears beat the Detroit Lions or the the Dallas Cowboys, then oh boy, Akeem is coming back against the the uh, the Packers. And you know that that's gonna demand a double team from the defenses. So once Akeem comes back, you know you'll start to see Khalil even more on the box score. So really excited to see Akeem's back for practice, and I, I fully expect him even if the bears do lose against the cowboys to be back against the packers and ready to wreak havoc against our rivals so that's actually a great bridge so let's stay on this bridge a little bit akeem hicks practicing um expected to be back against the packers uh no matter what the outcome but i would assume especially if the bears win this game against dallas on thursday great news like you said kevin double teams uh gonna command a lot of attention allows more of the defensive line to do more of their stuff that creates more opportunities especially for Khalil Mack which is perfect because he is your best defensive player no matter what uh, no matter what the box score says so let's walk off this bridge and go right into our preview of the Bears against the Cowboys that is right folks you are getting a twofer because of the short week no separate episodes this week go right into the preview so the Bears are six and six the Cowboys are essentially out of the playoffs, kind of. I mean, they're not very good, but they're also 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Are they leading their division? Are they, yep. They just lost to the Bills and the Patriots, um, two of the, best, the two best teams in the AFC East. And the Cowboys, I mean, they're kind of a fake playoff team, right? Like, they're probably going to win their division, but you would assume they get a first-round exit. Because they're just not very good. They're not inspiring a lot uh, of hype, I think. Like as opposed to like the last two years, Dak doesn't look great after he had a scorching hot start. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott, but you know, this game, the Cowboys don't really scare me like I thought they would earlier in the season. Yeah, no, I mean, not at all. Um, you know, and the the thing is, I'm sure their fans are probably saying the same thing about us uh, yes. heading into this game. So, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where, I mean, this is going to be a prove-it game. We'll see, you know, who belongs, who doesn't belong. And obviously, like you said, I mean, there's a really good chance that the Cowboys do make the playoffs because their division is so crappy. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I truly believe we're the better team. I truly believe um, we have a better defense. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the boat that, you know, says or that believes Mitch Trubisky is better than Dak. Um, I truly, I truly think that, um, you know, especially with the way he's been playing recently. So if he keeps that up, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm, 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 I'm okay. I'm confident. It's a pretty hot take, honestly, just to say Mitch is better than Dak. I mean, look, Dak has had a pretty good season up to this point, but the, the most important thing uh, that I noted a little bit earlier is these two teams are going opposite directions or have opposite trajectories right now. The Bears right now, are trending up 
and people are starting to look at the Bears and say, okay, offense clicking a little bit. We know they have the defense. Maybe we should should look at the Bears a little more. And now the the Cowboys are going the exact opposite direction. You know, people are looking at the Cowboys and saying, you know, they have head coaching issues. They want to fire Jason Garrett. They're a mess. Uh, they can't get the running game going. The defense isn't playing well, and they're going down for a trajectory. So now these two teams are meeting where the Bears have confidence, and the Cowboys do not have at all any confidence. This week in practice, there have been fights going on in the locker room after the game against the Bills on Thanksgiving. They're yelling at each other. The team camaraderie isn't at a great spot. Again, anytime there's rumors about your head coach getting fired, that's not great. Uh, it's not a great look for your team. So to me, the Bears have have total control of this game. They have the momentum and they have the confidence and they're ready to go. And and that to me is far more important than any of the X's and O's in this game. You talk about a Thursday night game, national television, uh, kind of a different type of week, a different type of preparation. That is the most important thing is where these two teams are trending right now, which team has the confidence, which team has the momentum at home, cold weather football in Chicago. There's no reason for the Bears to lose this game. They have total control. They just got to go out there and play their game. And at home, they usually do that, especially on defense uh, and with the offense trending up there's no reason they should lose this game on Thursday and, and I, I'm just so excited because it's a meaningful game uh, for both teams really but uh, and the Bears are not out of it so it's huge that's the key for me is that the Cowboys are coming to Chicago in December a dome team it's just not it's going to be messy for them and over their last three they're already only scoring 15 points per game so it's going to be a tough situation for them I do like the Bears in this game. I got like I'll say it. I, this is the first game I'm really confident in that in weeks. I mean, even the Lions game, I was kind of like, this feels kind of trappy, but it, it worked. And the Cowboys just don't scare me. Yeah, I mean that's that's the bottom line for me as well. I, I they just don't scare me. They I'm not too worried about them. Um, you know, and look, I, it's it kind of is ironic for you know Bears fans to be saying that because we haven't looked all that well you know this season as well so um but you know like exactly what Kevin Kevin said you know we're looking up and they're kind of looking down so um it's just one of those opportunities where we have to pounce on the uh, it's one of those opportunities that we have to pounce on um and you know like you said Jake being in Chicago that's going to be a huge advantage for us so um yeah I mean I I I would be very disappointed if the Bears lost this game, to be honest. Absolutely. And I think Jake mentioned, right, this is a dome team coming to Chicago. I was talking to Chris about some guy on Twitter who posted a, a picture of the Cowboys outside saying, here are the Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, preparing, practicing outside for Chicago weather. And I was like, well, that's a little ironic. So I looked at the weather in Dallas, and here they are practicing outside at 4 o'clock p.m. when it's 75 degrees in Dallas. So I'm not really <laughs> sure how that's going to prepare them for a cold weather Thursday night football in Chicago. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely not, because for Saturday, it's supposed to be a low, it's supposed to be in the 30s on Saturday, so, or no, this Thursday, oh, stupid, <laughs> why did I say Saturday, Jake's brain is still in college football mode, yeah. um, Thursday, again, same thing, high of 45, so at night, it's probably going to be a game in the 30s, windy, um, I'm interested to see how the Cowboys adapt, right now, they're a three-point favorite against the Bears, which sounds about right. I mean, this is still a Cowboys team with a lot of hype, and the Bears are trying to claw their way back into playoff contention. So I have no issues with the Cowboys being favored. I think it says a lot about the Bears, though, that it's only three, because I think that said a lot about how far they've come. Because, you know, after that Rams game, you would have expected this, you know, the Bears to be underdogs by probably double digits. I think I have to disagree, man. I I, I think the Cowboys being favored in this game is is – 
kind of a stretch. Uh, really? I just, yeah, I do. I, the reason is because basically what Kevin has been saying, I mean, you know, we look like, you know, we're on the come up and it's just, you know, we're at home. It's going to be difficult. Like we've talked about, um, you know, for them to come in, come into Chicago, um, you know, they're a team that plays in a dome. Uh, you know, th- this cold weather is going to throw Dak off, in my opinion. Add that to, you know, our defense being, you know, a top five defense at worst. Um, I-, I think I-, I just I I would be absolutely shocked if the Cowboys won this game. And the more we're talking about it, the more, you know, I, I keep thinking that they stand no chance. Absolutely. I mean, I-, I would honestly kind of agree with Chris on that. I mean, this like this is a six and six Dallas team. That's the same exact record as the Bears. They're a team that hasn't beaten uh, a team above 500 all year. And the Bears have only beaten one in the Minnesota Vikings. But that's still one more than the Dallas Cowboys. And, and in Chicago, cons- all factors considered, uh, I honestly thought this would be a, a closer line, uh, even if the Cowboys were favored by like one. But I, I thought the Bears would be favorited. Uh, that that line may shift in the few in the next coming days. We'll see. But uh I would totally expect them to cover it. I mean, they're, I mean, if we want to get into it, like the actual X's and O's stuff, uh, you know, this is, look, the the running game hasn't been able to get going. They Leighton Vander Esch is out with a neck injury. He will not be playing. They just lost their center uh, for the year. They will not have their starting center. The offensive line for the Cowboys has looked broken. I mean, this is a team right now, again, they're trending down, and they got a lot of issues and a lot of problems. So, uh, you know, from the running game, I think that's the most important thing, right? Cold weather football, they're going to try to go to the running game, and you saw what happens when the Bears can stop the running game at home last year against the Rams when they stopped Todd Gurley that offense could do nothing they could not move the ball at all and I think a similar thing is going to happen because the Bears are very very good at run defense at home so if they stop Ezekiel Elliott make that Prescott throw the ball here in this cold weather uh, environment against a good secondary I don't I think that's a great recipe success for the Bears I think it is too I think that there is a lot there I mean like you just said the offensive line of the Cowboys has looked broken uh, they don't look at like the time. I mean, for years, for what? Probably the last five years, the Cowboys' offensive line has been lauded as this top unit, and I think mm-hmm. they've they've lived up to that. You see the production from Ezekiel, and you see how healthy Dak Prescott has been. But your center is a big piece to miss, uh, you know. And Roy Robertson Harris, who we've talked about, is a large human being. So, <laughs> you know, I, I don't pity the. Uh, I, I'm I I do kind of like I don't envy the second string center who's going to be going up against that guy. Um, and then that guy, the second, you know, your backup center has got to play call plays sometimes and do the counts, stuff like that, uh, address what he's seeing. So it's going to be interesting to see how the bears plan to attack that. I think we might see a few more blitzes. You know, we look, we know that Chuck Pagano loves that, but X's and O's wise, I think, I mean, this conversation is always about the offense because you know, for obvious reasons. But I think that I like the Bears. Leighton Vander Ersch being out is huge. He's one of the top linebackers. If not already, he is climbing that list. He's great, especially, I think, in run prevention. So you might have an opportunity here to run the ball. And we saw against the Lions, when you run the ball, the whole offense clicks a lot more. Yeah, um, you know, I I think I'm in the same boat. I think... um, you know, I, I'm not worried about um, Dak and and you know the, their offense coming into Chicago. I think um, I think they're gonna have a hard time moving the ball against our defense. I'm still more worried about our offense. Um, you know, against their defense, they, they still have some talented talented players. Um, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith. You know, th- those guys are, are 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 doing their thing. But you know, they honestly haven't played too well either. Um, so it, it's just 
it's just one of those things where um, we just got to continue doing what we do. And, and you know, if we do that, I, I think, you know, I, I, I just I, I don't fear the Dallas Cowboys. I know I've said it, you know, every time it's come back around to me in this episode. But uh, I just think that's that's really all it boils down to. I, I just I don't see them as too much of a threat. Yeah, absolutely. I was while Jake was going to get his headphones uh, before this, I was kind of crunching some numbers and and I was looking at the Bears rush defense at home. And it's really quite incredible. They allow 47 yards to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams week one. They allow only 40 yards to Dalvin Cook, one of the top three rushers in the league. They allow only 36 yards to Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. They allow 109 to Saquon and that crew. Uh, because Daniel Jones got away a few times or whatever. Saquon only had 57 himself. But, you know, other than the Saints game, which is a bit of an anomaly, they averaged 66 yards per game rushing offenses do against the Bears. 66 at home. That's an incredible number. And the Bears have tremendous success stopping the run at home for whatever reason. So, again, hey, I'll go back to that same thing. If they can stop Ezekiel Elliott and make that offense one-dimensional, I think they can have a lot, a lot of success and get takeaways against this Dallas Cowboys team, which is what they need to do to start hot. And I mention it every Every single week, everyone mentions it, every media station, when are the Bears going to start hot? They started hot last week with that first offensive drive touchdown, but on the contrary, they didn't start hot on the defensive side of the ball. So if you can really, you know, go down the field in your first drive, get a touchdown, and then get a takeaway early in the first half, that is going to be huge to win a football game like this uh, against a, a still pretty talented team against uh, like the Cowboys. You can't take it for granted despite their record. Um, so I think the Bears making that offense one-dimensional and getting a takeaway early and getting an early lead is going to be huge because I don't want to be biting my fingers in the fourth quarter, you know, pacing around the room. Uh, it's likely going to happen because that's what we know the Chicago Bears do, but it'd be nice if they could, could get up early and ease it a little bit in the end. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? But this Bears team doesn't really <laughs> let us do that. So especially they need, they need the, to make a, a revenge game. Well, I guess the Lions was that, but a non-Thanksgiving Thursday night game to make up for that week one game. So that would be really nice but um i again i just keep coming back to this that i feel pretty good about this game like mm -hmm. it, it, the cowboys just don't scare me i think the bears can rattle Dak prescott too like i think you're gonna have an opportunity there and then you know you win this game you're back above 500 and you are still in the thick of this playoff race um and you've got to be feeling good going into that packers game i know i don't like to really look too far ahead but this is an important stretch and it has been and we've been talking about that but the bears have been good the cowboys have been kind of stinky so i mean what's the one big expectation that you have for this game guys yeah honestly i think it's what you said i i really think flustering deck is going to be the, the key here i i think they're going to do it but you know i think they have to do that uh you know deck deck can get uh rattled easily i i believe um i i don't you know when things are going bad for him Kind of, kind of like Mitch in a way. You know, it's it's a lot of it is mental with him as well. Um, I, I think he panics a lot. I think he, you know, he forces himself into some dumb mistakes. Um, and you know, if if the Bears are are not making it easier on him, and he already makes those mistakes, I think he can be in for a rough night. I think for me, the biggest expectation and something that I want to see is the Bears continue to go deep on teams. I don't care how good their secondary is. They have a pretty good pass secondary in Dallas. It doesn't matter to me. You got to go deep and you got to target Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller deep because when they did that against the Lions, they were successful. And when Mitch has confidence doing that, he looks like a much better quarterback. So they have to attack deep. And I know they're probably going to say, okay, you know, it's another cold weather game. Let's go more to the run. That's not the ideology that man 
Nagy can have coming into this game. It has to absolutely be keep hammering deep, keep ha- you know instilling that confidence within Mitchell Trubisky, and, and just take your shots at Allen Robinson downfield because I'm taking him any day with the one-on-one against any of Dallas's corners. So uh, expectations is they're going to go deep and, and they're going to go deep often and continue to attack downfield, continue to act, attack that secondary and really open things up underneath. I think the deep passing game is absolutely something we need to watch for. Um, but for me, it's just going to be watching the offensive line because Mitch only took one sack against the Lions, which is good. That's what you really want to see. And Montgomery had room to run. And we can when there's success up front in the trenches, this Bears offense actually looks like an offense, and then you win games. Um, I just really distilled <laughs> really far down what a football game is. But that's it, really. So... Uh, just make it happen. Just win, win the battle at the line of scrimmage, you know, and once you have that good things will happen. I, I think it's as simple as it gets. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about it, you know, pretty much all year that one stretch we had where we kept losing games um, against the saints, chargers, Eagles, um, you know, we were getting dominated in the, tre- in the trenches. So, um, you know, if we can fix that, I, I it's going to be hard to beat this bears team, especially with the way that they've been trending. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think you, there's not really one thing you can pinpoint. I think they just all, they have to put it all together consistently. Um, you know, I've been saying it all episode. It's just one of those things where it just has to be it just has to be a consistent thing. And then I think a lot of people will, will start believing in this team. You got a real chance to, to kind of I mean, look, again, the Cowboys are six and six, but, you know, the Bears have proven that they can beat the bad teams uh but they've they've let some games get away from them against better teams and against good teams so this is a chance for them to go out here and say look we're real and we can take down an nfc contender again although they're six and six they're the first place in the nfc east you know you could go out there and say you know look we're, we're for real we can take down an nfc contender and it's a real opportunity to gain some momentum because you got 10 days after this game before you play the green bay packers you get an extra three days of rest more than the green bay four three four days of rest before the, uh the green bay packers on sunday so huge opportunity, huge opportunity on national television to prove the haters wrong, to, to change, to really change the narrative. I mean, Mitch Trubisky's already been changing the narrative on himself, but another huge opportunity again on primetime television. Uh, so I'm excited for them to go out here and actually get an opportunity to take down uh, a talented, you know, team that's right in the thick of the playoff race in the NFC. So let's just go to it. Let's do our predictions for this game. Uh, you know, Bears are underdogs by three points at home. December, windy, cold. Cowboys are an inside team. Uh, Bears obviously are an outside team. What do we think? I mean, I'm going to go with, I do think the Bears win this game. I think this is a little bit of a high-scoring game. I think the Bears can get something to work. Um, And I I think that, give me the Bears 31 to 24 in this one. I think Mitch has a nice game. uh, And I, I think the defense really, uh, has some struggles early with some of the stuff that the Cowboys like to do as far as, you know, just the talent, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. But I think they lock it down, and at the end of the game, you know, we're feeling pretty good about this one. Yeah, um, I, I'm i going to go 24-17 Bears. Um, I think, like you said, I mean, they, they still have talented players. They're definitely going to make plays here and there. We're not going to shut them out or anything like that. But, you know, they're going to come to Chicago. It's going to be tough on them for sure. Um, and, you know, our players are, are ready for it. They're used to it. So it won't be as big of a problem, obviously. But, you know, I, I think our offense is going to move the ball well. Um, I And, you know, I think it's going to be one of those games where we're winning by a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And, 
um, we're, we are kind of biting our nails. I think we, I think I'm, I'm going to predict that we, we it is going to get nerve wracking at the end, but um, I think the, uh, the bears will, will pull it out. Absolutely agree. <laughs> you know, I said I don't want it to be that way, but it, it's likely going to be that way. I want to point out that uh, the referee for this game is not Jerome Boger, so we won't have to deal with anything that we saw last Thursday. I don't know if you guys remember. I mean, the, the, the oh my god, it was terrible. The officiating was on Thanksgiving. I just saw a tweet about the the officials for Week 14, so I thought I brought it up. We got a guy named Brad Rogers. I actually don't know who that guy is, but he's probably better than Jerome Boger. Um, I'm going Bears. 21-17. It's going to be, again, it's probably going to be a close game. I expect them to to shut down that offense, but th- this is still uh, a guy, Dak Prescott, who was pretty much playing at MVP level through the first 10 weeks of the season. Uh, that offense ranks number one in the NFL in yards per game. They're going to get something going here and there, most likely. Uh, if David Blau can uh, get a 75-yard touchdown on the Bears' defense, <laughs> it's likely uh, Dak Prescott can do something. I didn't mean to take a shot at the Bears' defense like that, but I, I had to bring it up somehow. Uh, I no, I have full trust and confidence in Harris D. I just thought that David Blau scoring 70, getting a 75-yard touchdown is just it's just insane. But I think the Bears do just enough. They win a close one, and hey, you know, in two weeks the Bears could be the sixth seed uh, in in the NFC, which is absolutely absurd. Sure. They're gonna need a little bit of help, but uh, they gotta control what they can control right now against the Dallas Cowboys. So 21-17 Bears. Hey, that's Big Ten quarterback David Blau to you, sir. <laughs> okay, he's oh, not some my scrub. God. Um, no, I, no, listen to this, listen to this. So I, I, I go to Ohio state, right. And, and the last time I saw David Blau, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time I saw David Blau was when he carved up Ohio state's defense with Purdue. So when David Blau scored two touchdowns in the first quarter, I was like, no way. This guy, David Blau is actually going to be the bane of my existence. He's actually going to (laughs) tear down both of my teams in back-to-back years. I'm freaking out. But luckily, luckily that wasn't the case. We love to see that. Um, let's address a rumor that we were kind of talking about, uh, you know, to kind of bookend the show here. Ron Rivera gets fired as of this afternoon. This is today is Tuesday. Uh, fired from the Carolina Panthers as the head coach. He's out uh, and is going to be looking for a job. He's a pretty good offensive mind. You know, Riverboat Ron, that whole nickname, obviously, um, made Cam Newton an MVP made Christian McCaffrey an MVP candidate. And of course those guys are actually doing the plays and talent goes a long way, but he kind of molded them a little bit. And I said it in our group, I think Riverboat Ron, bring him to Chicago as the offensive coordinator, maybe even let him call the plays. I mean, maybe he just needs that little bit of uh, worrying about the defense and game planning out of his hands and just become the offensive coordinator. I, I think that's the most likely. And I would love to see him in Chicago on the sideline. You got anything, Chris? I mean, I, I I think this is a very likely possibility. I mean, look, Ron Rivera's been kind of known as a defensive guy. He was defensive coordinator with the Bears. Uh, you know, he, he's known as a defensive guy, and the Panthers really hired him back when they hired him as, you know, kind of a defensive mind. But as Chris men- or as Jake mentioned, uh, from what we've seen from him in his time with Carolina, not only did he make uh, Cam Newton an MVP, all of a sudden this guy Kyle Allen, who no one knows about, is, is lighting up teams all over the NFL. So that just goes to show that that's now two quarterbacks that he's proven uh, to develop, you know, pretty well. And again, Christian McCaffrey's the guy who's first on the scene. He's done some nice things over there. So I'm not necessarily sure about calling the plays. I mean, that that's a possibility. But as far as you're getting a 
veteran guy. You're getting a guy who's been in the league uh, a lot of time. He's dealt with great quarterbacks like Cam Newton. He's dealt with great players like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's had success with the Panthers. He took him to a Super Bowl. Uh, you, you always would love to have a guy like that. The only question that I have is there might be other teams around the league looking for him as a head coach. So that's the first thing you have to see is will other league, will other teams around the league uh, pass up from him uh, as a head coach? And if that happens, then he'll he'll find a coordinator position somewhere, hopefully with Chicago. Uh, but that first wave has to see if he'll get through uh, the head coaching gauntlet and if he will not get a job in that area again with another team. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think it's just going to boil down to what happens uh, these last couple weeks. I think that's going to be the most important thing. We're going to see who gets fired and whatnot. And honestly, um, you know, if the Bears do end up making the playoffs, you know, maybe maybe we stick with Nagy as a play caller. I know we've been <laughs> we've been kind of harping on that a lot this season. Um, and, you know, I'm not for it or, or against it necessarily at this time and point. But, you know, I think that's going to I think that's going to really be telling. Um, but, you know, I would I would definitely take Ron Rivera uh, in Chicago as the offensive coordinator. And I think we, we mentioned it in the group as well. You know, maybe he brings uh, Cam Newton along with him. So <laughs> that's something to, uh, to pay attention to. Yeah, maybe uh, that's a strong possibility. Obviously, if Ron Rivera does come to Chicago as the offensive coordinator, why not bring along the guy who you made an MVP season for? So that's possible. Um, little context for people who don't know, Ron Rivera, of course, played for the Bears, has history in Chicago, and you know, the, so that's a natural fit. I'm sure Ryan Pace will check in on that um, after the season. And, you know, see, see what's going on because there's no reason not to. And I think we'd all really like that, as we just said. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But, boys, any closing thoughts for the people? You know, I was just checking Instagram and I saw PFF. Mitch Trubisky, the third highest rated quarterback from weeks 10 to 13. I'll just leave that right there for you. <laughs> um, all I have to say, I mentioned it with Kevin, I think, I believe last week. Um, all I have to say is just run the table, baby. Hell yeah, let's do have it. Run the table. Um, you're on your way, and the Vikings are might choke, so we'll see what happens. But, as always, thank you for listening to us. Great episode. No episode later this week, obviously, because we just did the preview. And you know what? I feel good. We all feel good. Thursday night against the Cowboys. Keep it going. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Well, come on. Yeah.